you're rolling, I'm rolling. The Americans are possibly rolling. Are they? Is this the episode, Sheldon, where they get their shit together? Yeah, I think so. I think we can officially say that they figured it out. And I'll save my like the moment when it clicked in my head that I was like, oh yeah, we're here. But yeah, definitely. Let Let's introduce ourselves first. I am John Chidley Hill, and as always, I am Sheldon Alexander. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge. I'm doing karate punches in the air wow. to punctuate because that feels like the right move for this episode. <laughs> I'm sitting down so I can't do karate kicks. There's, but... there's so much. Right off the bat, I want people to tweet at us and let us know what you think of Turbo. We'll start there. Because he was a hot-button character last season, right? Like, there are a lot of people that were giving us flack because we weren't really Turbo fans. But I want to I know what people's thoughts were after this episode. I'll say that, and then we'll, let's, let's get to the episode. But let's start there. Set the tone there. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I can tell you where I stand on Turbo. In fact, I think we're going to spend approximately the next hour and a half talking about how i feel about turbo um yeah we start off with a lot of scenes sort of around the house that i thought were going to go somewhere and maybe they will but they didn't go anywhere today yeah (laughs) uh tonight and that we start with just like jenny saying about how she's pleased with how she did and that her team will be pleased that she's back yeah sure cool (laughs) Nothing nothing objectively wrong there. Then we've got a little scene with Turbo and Nani talking about how she's mad that Leroy didn't follow through on the plan. I have to point out that at no point did Leroy ever say he was going to go along with Nani's plan. Yeah. Like, it's not like he stabbed her in the back. He was just, like, from the get-go, like, Nani, I love you, but you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah, like, she had a plan. And he just didn't go along with her plan, right? But that's not how she explained it. She's like, the plan. It's like, no, 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 your plan. Two different your, things. That's a good way of putting it, Sheldon. Your plan. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, you mentioned these conversations. In the beginning, I was kind of like, what's going on here with this Nani and Turbo thing? Like, you know, I'm not saying that guys and girls can't be friends. Of course, I'm not saying that. I have a lot of female friends that are just friends and it's platonic and nothing's ever happened. It's not like friend zoned or anything like that. It's just we're friends, right? But I was just kind of curious because I was trying to remember what their relationship was like last season. And and I was kind of like, okay, I guess like I remember, you know, again, when you're in a house for a very long time with the same people, and now it's year two, you kind of remember, like, it it jogged my memory a little, right? To be like, oh, okay. And, you know, Turbo is a nice guy. He's a super genuine guy. And this was a good conversation because he was kind of, like, calming her down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just just to, like, help jog your memory, last season, his first season on the challenge, he called Nani mom a lot. Yes. I just like I just need to put that into this into the ether. Mm-hmm. Just need to remind people that like that's where forty-five-year-old Turbo is at. Yeah, that he's 
I know he's not 45. He just looks old. He looks like, I was thinking today, his beard looks like it's straight out of a Just for Men ad. <laughs> Turbo. Turbo. Um, Turbo. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was weird. But I thought this was setting up something else completely different as opposed to what ended up happening in the in the episode. But another random scene is everyone's getting facials. And I was just I thought this was a weird scene until I realized that, oh, Josh is clearly just participating in this because Georgia was and Bear was and he didn't want to feel left out. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Did I, uh, am I reading that wrong? Like, it, no, that's you're my totally assumption. Right. We don't know. They didn't show that part. But I was like, clearly, you know, even if Bear and George are just having fun, Josh is like, oh, I got to get on in, on this too. Join in. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm cool. I can joke around. He, sa- he says at one point, like, he sort of gets huffy because, like, they're clearly enjoying each other's company. Mm-hmm. And he says at one point, and, like, I don't think he's kidding, but he says, Georgia is my girl. No, she's not. First of all, she's not anyone's girl. She's a strong, independent woman. Second of all, <laughs> she's if she's anyone's girl, it's definitely Bear. Yes. Like, she spends 90% of her time with Bear, has slept with Bear repeatedly, including at least once on this season. <laughs> like, your one disgusting makeout moment does not, like undo all of that (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're totally right josh here i don't know what he's thinking i don't know if he thinks maybe that kiss will lead to something else maybe he's trying to catch her on another you know i don't even know how i don't even know how to phrase it because i don't know what josh is doing but i'll turn to someone who wrote into us shouts to heather who had a, a full long stream of tweets to us which we greatly appreciate it was like she was live tweeting us while she was listening to the podcast. And I appreciate that I loved a lot, it. Right? Because it's, yep, it's a steady it. stream of, of thoughts joining in the conversation with us. Because me and you are having this conversation, but we're also having the conversation with the people. You guys are just joining in at different times, right? So Heather wrote in and she says, one of the things she said, she said, Josh is clearly the worst kisser of all time. And I thought that was pretty funny because I know you were disgusted by Josh's kissing last week. It was so gross. You couldn't tell if it was coming or going. (laughs) I was going to say something. I'm just going to let it pass. But anyways, yeah, like, I don't know what Josh's deal is, but he's trying to still get with Georgia and it's just not. Yeah, it's not. It's not going down. Poor guy. I, I. I would say I feel bad for him, but it's Josh. So I don't really feel bad for him at all. Um, (laughs) Then what do we got? We got uh, Jordan. And this was where you're talking about they're setting something up, right? Because we see Jordan. He's getting a little bit testy. But in this instance, I agree with him because he's mad about the fact that there's dirty dishes everywhere in the house. And it's gross. You see flies and He's just talking about having people clean up after themselves and people being considerate. But the confessionals that we're getting, it's from Cam, it's from Kara, and they're calling him like arrogant prick. They're like really like chirping Jordan a lot here. And at this point, I must say, I thought it was kind of awkward because I agreed with what Jordan was saying, no? 
I agreed with what Jordan was saying as well. But that said, if I was in a house with Jordan, a challenge house with Jordan, I would be as slovenly as possible. Like, I would be disgusting. Like, anything that rattles someone's cage, like, I'm into it. Right? Like, if... (laughs) In all seriousness, like, Jordan is a very strong competitor. Yeah. And if, you know leaving my like hummus out or like my pb and j sandwich leftover like crust out bothers him mm-hmm. all the better like it's it's just like free psychological warfare so you know what i mean no 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 i hear you i hear you and full disclosure as we're doing this podcast i'm like sitting in the middle of my living room right and i as you were talking about that i looked around my like living room and it's pretty messy right but that's my mess and yeah it's different when it's your mess versus someone else's mess and if i lived with someone else in this like communal space it would not be messy right for one two if this mess was someone else's mess yeah that wouldn't really work so i understand kind of where jordan's coming from and and to your point though john i don't think people are doing this to piss off jordan I just think no, there's I don't think slob so. people in the house, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but like, let's say, so, like, Kara and Cam, it was sort of implied that they overheard that conversation. Yes, which I think if, was some creative if over- editing, if I'm going to be honest. but Yeah, I think so, too. But if I, like, was in that house and overheard that conversation you're fucking right i'm gonna be even more messy or like i'm not gonna clean up you know what i mean like yeah no that's fair that's fair you can't show that kind of weakness in the house like you can't show that that sort of thing is getting under your skin because a smart person and you know after last week's trivia it's debatable how many smart people are in the house but a smart person would stay messy yeah or add to the mess or at least not clean up yeah you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just another... You would weaponize it, I guess is what I'm saying. No, I got you. I got you. Um, what I thought was interesting about this whole little segment is that we have Tori, you know, Jordan's living girlfriend, and by the end of the season, fiancé, mm-hmm. saying that she admits that he's a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> At least when he's in the challenge house. Yeah. And she even says, like, now I remember why I hated you when we first met, because of, like this because you're so on edge and like bossy and like caustic you know this episode um, and the- I was gonna say this episode I felt like I was reintroduced to Tori because yes. I felt like she'd been back on challenges for sure but I felt like I was reintroduced to her in the sense that the reason why I really liked her in the beginning like when she first appeared on the show that was showing up here. And I think part of it is she just portrays herself in a really good way. Right? Like, yeah. she communicates very well. The points that she's trying to make, she comes up, she articulates herself very well. And part of that is I could, ex- I could totally understand exactly what she meant by the fact that Jordan outside the house, he's calm and cool and he's chill. But then all of a sudden when he gets in the house, right, like everything changes and he's this jerk, right? Like she says, he's a jerk when he's in the house. And I thought that was super interesting just the way, and she obviously articulated it way better than I just did. But 
it made me be like, oh yeah, Tori. Yeah, here's a really nice girl. She seems really level-headed, really just like normal too, if that makes sense. And I don't mean that as like a, a disrespect. I mean that as like uh, relatable. I don't even know if that's the right yeah. word, but it's like just good peoples. Yeah, no, I'd say she's relatable. I really liked her all episode. Yeah. Like you, I was very impressed with her. I also, like, I have the sense, because she obviously had that messy breakup with Derek where she cheated on him <laughs> yes. with with Jordan a, and all that. Yeah. And, like, this is just a guess. Like, I have zero proof to back this up. Mm-hmm. But the way she's speaking on this episode and this season, like, I have the sense that she saw a therapist Oh. After all that. Like, just the way she articulates herself very calmly, very rationally. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a person who has put some time and effort into figuring out how best to express herself in constructive ways. And was it in this conversation or was it a later on conversation where she was explaining their relationship in terms of her role in it or like the role that she plays with him like she wants to make him a better person like she sees his flaws understands his flaws but feels like part of her role is to help him be better like i want to make him better because we make each other better and i was just like whoa that's really enlightened that was kind of like oh i understand why kyle was being like oh that's couple goals right there do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because it wasn't about gender roles or like, you know, this tr- stupid traditional gender roles or it wasn't about like you need me. I need you. It's about like team building. Right. Like I want to make this person better. Right. Like I see their flaws. They see my flaws. But I know he's a really good person. And sometimes he gets caught up in like all this other BS that doesn't really matter. And I want to show him those things so that he then understands and is a better person. And I was like, whoa. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree I, with Kyle. Couple goals right there. I think um, you're right. I think it was in this, it was, seems like it was the next, or maybe later that day, she was in conversation with Ashley. Yes. And, and Ashley in confessional was like, I love Tori. I don't know what she's doing with Jordan because <laughs> he's a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> and um, Tori, as you sort of alluded to, explains that like she doesn't think that there's like, any one person for everyone yes but but that what you do is you find someone and you commit to making it work work, like yeah and learning together and growing together which i think is very healthy and like i kind of agree with her it's very it's a very mature way of looking at things a super mature and rational way of looking at it right like that whole i and again we're we're into uh what, did we f- pick out a name for John and Sheldon's relationship advice yet? Did we pick out a name for that segment or no? No. But anyway. Listeners, <laughs> listeners, what should the name of our relationship <laughs> podcast be called? Please. But, We're not clever enough for that. But I was going to say, like, this is Tori, like, sounding super mature. And once you get to a certain age, you realize that that, like, perfect doesn't exist it's about making it work and that's about like life in like all relationships whether it's your job whether it's your family whether it's whatever right like you're deciding at a certain point to make things work or you're not (laughs) right do you know what i mean but yeah but that's a decision that's made on a daily basis and to hear her say that about their relationship i was like ah that's a great way of looking at it and you know i don't know if ashley's confessional or how ashley 
took that conversation. But if someone's explaining that to me about a person that if I'm Ashley and I think, you know, that person's spouse or significant other is like super annoying, I'd be like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Right. Like I'd be super understanding to that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. So um, at this, then we have another conversation where CT and Turbo both talk. Man, a lot of conversations. That a lot of us. conversations, but this one gets into the gameplay, right? Like we've been yeah. talking about relationships. We've been talking about who's getting with who. But this is getting into the gameplay, which is another obvious reason as to why we love this show. Because it has the ability to tra- transition from like some relationship advice to just, um, okay, team politicking. Turbo, what's going on on your team? And CT, you know, what's going on on your team? And that's what this conversation was. Them both realizing how corrupted both of their teams are, right? (laughs) Not just how corrupted, but how screwed they both are. Yeah, yeah. And the observation by Turbo that, look at these guys. They're running, but they're not really running because they want to help each other out. They're running to see each other's weaknesses. I was like, whoa. I was like, that's an observation right there. Yeah. No. And, you know, I mean, we didn't really have any proof of what Turbo was saying, but it had the ring of truth. Yeah. Like when he said it, I couldn't be like, nah, Turbo, they're like, this is a team building exercise. I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) Like, I see it. Yeah. Like, I get what you're you're talking about. They're testing each other. Yeah. And uh, CT talks about again about how there's two groups of best friends yeah uh in the uk alliance it's not even about like past history or stuff it's just like these are my peoples yeah totally right like they're in like they're in the house with like their real life best friends yeah and you can't mess up that bond it has nothing to do with who's actually good for the team it's just straight relationships and that's a tough thing to navigate um, and we'll get to that and what that means later on, obviously. But yeah, let's well, get sorry, to. The- I have one more thought on that. Okay. And that is what was it? What was interesting to me is that if CT had been picked by the Americans and was on the American team, he would be right in the thick of it too. Totally. Totally. Right. Like it's interesting that like, yeah, CT CT's absolutely right. Like his assessment of the UK team spot on. But if he was on the American team, like he and Wes are real life buds, mm-hmm. right? Like he uh, acted in Jordan's movie that he wrote and directed. And Cara, it, like, and Cara he, are cool. He and Cara are cool. And like he and I mean, he and Wes and he and Johnny have spotted backgrounds. But like he would be, uh, I don't know what his alliance would look like, but he'd be in the thick of things too. Like he wouldn't be stuck in the middle like he is on the British team. Totally true. Totally true. Uh, what did you make of this challenge? I really, really liked it. Okay. I thought it was a really interesting mix of uh, mental and physical and teamwork. Um, what was it called again? Uh, I think Resilient Ringer Run. Did I make that up? I made that Maybe. Up. I didn't even write it down, though, so who am I to criticize you? Um, but essentially, 
what you have to do is each team has to put together a giant puzzle that makes a pyramid and they're making it on a platform that has like bamboo poles that they then have to carry through a river and get a relic which is essentially another large i doubt it's styrofoam but it's like another large prop essentially from an old nickelodeon game show and balance it on top of the pyramid and bring it back to the starting line and put it on this table this like pedestal and then they have to go to another spot up the river and get the relic a second relic and bring it back and whichever team does it first wins and as soon as the relic falls off your pyramid you have to like stop what you're doing and put it back on yes. like, you can't at any point advance with carry the relic yeah so um off the hop a lot of interesting things happening in terms of strategy okay the americans assemble get their head start because they assemble their pyramid faster where CT gets really frustrated because the Brits won't listen to him. <laughs> and he makes a fair point that he's one of the best uh, like puzzle people in challenge history. Best puzzle people on the team, for sure. Yeah, but they just don't listen to him because they're all so frazzled. In his words, they're a bunch of kids with ADD. <laughs> and? Um, but, and? Do you remember the end of that? So he's, he's no, like, was it the, they're like a... They're a bunch of kids with ADD and have the attention span of a cockroach. <laughs> yeah. Which I was like, do cockroaches have short attention spans? I don't know if they're known for that or not. <laughs> I put that out but on another... Twitter and not many people responded yet, so I don't know. <laughs> another uh, interesting twist of this is that if the relic falls off the pyramid and you have to like lower the pyramid to get the relic back on it's not like the pyramid's waterproof no like the the river is rushing enough that it can move the puzzle pieces apart yeah so it's not like a simple just like oh just put it down and fix it no nope. um also interesting that the river bed is not obviously a flat surface yes and i think it was kaylee it was kaylee that made the interesting point that Theo is one of the UK's strongest players, but he's so much taller than everyone else that he's kind of useless. Yeah. Like, this competition sort of neutralized him. Yeah, made it as a disadvantage for him to be holding it because, obviously, because he's taller, he'd be holding his portion at an angle, (laughs) which doesn't help at all when you're trying to keep something balanced, walking through water, while holding it with what eight other people <laughs> or however many people yeah. are in this. So yeah, the, the role that he, and I guess at other points, Zach ended up playing was being the tallest ones. They were able to put the relic back on top, right? Because they were tall enough to reach no matter what height the water was at. Do you know what I mean? So yep. both he and Zach ended up playing that role. Although Zach, played another role as well in this no yeah he played his typical role of getting angry (laughs) with ninja and shouting at her and splashing water because he felt like she was being useless Mm -hmm. she so we should back up earlier on ashley who's not one of the most physically imposing members of the american team she takes on the role of sort of being the scout 
for the Americans. Yeah. Going up ahead, warning them about like the conditions of the riverbed, and also sort of being their eyes and ears and be like, hey, like Leroy, your corner, you got to pick it up, or like it's wobbling, or like yeah, it's falling apart. Like push the pyramid together. And she was loud, and it seems like everyone was satisfied with her contribution. Like it wasn't was that not your impression that people were totally like signing off on what Ashley brought to the table? Yeah, and a lot and of then, that too is because when you're giving out instructions, you have to say that with confidence, right? And Ashley said And loudly. Yeah, it, it brought her back to her cheerleading days where having a big mouth came in handy. Right? So yeah, she was able to yell things out and she was just being productive, whereas people didn't think Ninja, who was trying to do the same thing was as productive for whatever reason. Yeah. And, and hey, it didn't translate through the edit, but something had to happen for Zach to just like, you know, it seemed like she was just yelling stuff and they weren't taking her in, but also she wasn't really, like Ashley was out in front, like out ahead, where it seems like Ninja was kind of just right in front of Zach and yelling stuff back at him. And he was just kind of like, okay, get out of the way. You're not doing anything. But then he started splashing her. And it's like, well, that's clearly not productive at all, right? It just would have been better if the relic fell off or if the puzzle came apart while Zach was splashing her. That would have made it better. Yeah. Well, he did say at one point, Ashley did this better. Like, he was quite specific that, like, hey... Just have Ashley do it. Like, you suck at this. Yeah. Um, another problem that is arising on the American team is that Jordan is shouting at people and pissing off specifically the women. Yeah. And, I mean, and, he even yelled at Tori, so, like, everybody was getting some, right? But he was yelling, shut the F up at Ninja, like, very aggressively and, you know... You always got to be uncomfortable when someone's raising their voice at females like that, like at women like that. Like, it's just not cool, right? To like no. make it plain and simple. Like, there's no need for you to raise your voice like that at anyone, but definitely not at a woman like that in that situation, too. Like, relax, bro. Yeah. And also, they're winning. Like, the, they kind of struggle when they're bringing back their second relic. Uh, to the point that the Brits almost start to catch up. Yeah. But it's never really in doubt. Like, the Americans never give up their lead, really. No, not at all. But it does get closer. And then, despite the fact the Americans winning, they immediately start fighting with each other. (laughs) Ashley and Ninja are shouting at each other. And Ashley says in confessional that Ninja might be good at individual competitions, but she's a poor team player. And then she doesn't really get it. And it's funny because there was a confessional er- earlier this season mm-hmm. where Ninja said, like, growing up, she never played team sports. Uh-huh. And Ashley might be onto something. Like, it's it's sort of a hard to, thing to describe. Here's some, but like, here's some someone... lessons for, for the kids here, too. When you grow up, you will fully understand the importance of just ask around the people who are your coworkers, and I feel like there's a direct correlation between people who played team sports growing up. And I'm not even saying at a high level. I'm just saying, like, until you were a teenager. Because at least that's old enough for you to 
articulate yourself either poorly or not, but have there be repercussions, right? Like if you're playing t-ball and you're not listening and just running around in the outfield, whatever, it's t-ball, nobody cares, right? But I'm saying mm-hmm. some level of stakes. I feel like you can tell who those people are, who are your coworkers, and how well they articulate themselves, how well they take criticism, right? How well they accept winning and losing. Do you know what? Like, am I making sense here? I feel like that's a life yeah. hack. I I think a big part of it is a willingness to like. Uh, maybe not willingness, but uh, an ability to quickly understand what your role is in any given situation. Yes, role definition is a big thing, yes. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, role definition. Just being able to be like, okay, like this is, like we'll use Theo as an example. Mm -hmm. Theo clearly recognized that because he's so much taller than everyone else, not suited to carrying the the, uh, the pyramid i guess yeah and so he gets out of the way and like he he didn't cause a fuss about it he wasn't mad about it yeah. he's just like mm, sorry guys not my thing i'll do what i can you know what i mean like yeah. he and like obviously former olympic athlete like he gets it mm-hmm. but just like immediately an immediate understanding of what his role was yeah. in this particular situation Totally. And even just being able to communicate, to take criticism and like, you know, Jordan, definitely. We know Jordan, there's just with the history of Jordan, we know that he's always overcompensating. Right. And that's part of his always wanting to show that he's a leader that not only can I do the same amount as you, but I can do more than you. Right. And so when he's like, he's just yelling over the top at, you know, I think it was Carr at one point that was like, oh, just let it rest, let it float. And he's like, no, and just like screams at her, right? And it's like, you could just say, oh, I don't think that's a good idea, or I don't think that'll work. Like, there's other ways to communicate. And he was just doing a horrible job at that <laughs> in this. And to be arguing afterwards, and this is kind of when you know things kind of hit the fan afterwards, John, when Josh mm-hmm. is the voice of reason, <laughs> and Josh is saying, guys, during the actual challenge, we can't be arguing like that. If we're going to argue after the event, whatever, but during it, we can't be doing that. And that makes sense. He's right. Yep. So then we get to (laughs) sort of the breaking point. Yes. So again, they're all like sniping at each other. As you said, uh, Josh tried to restore order not successfully because no one takes Josh seriously <laughs> and Turbo decides now is the time to start practicing his karate kicks but well, again maybe they're not karate it's always a good time for Turbo to be practicing his karate kicks though right in fairness so he kicks one of the relics off of its pedestal and everyone's sort of like Turbo, what the fuck are you doing? And Jordan puts the relic back up on the table. And then Turbo does it again. He kicks the same relic off the pedestal and then, like, follows through with, like, a spinning kick to the other one. Doesn't knock it off. And as, like, that momentum carries him away from sort of the Americans, Jordan starts yelling at him. 
and Turbo shoves him hard, and suddenly it is on, and like Tori, fucking ride or die, <laughs> in between Turbo and her man Jordan, yeah. and like full pull apart, security's out. Leroy's trying to corral Turbo. Like people are going nuts. Yeah, Turbo was going. What did you all, think like, of all this? Well, Turbo was going all. I wrote down Turbo was going all. You know, Jerry Springer guest back in the day. You know when the security would come and the guys like kind of running around trying to like dodge the security people. Yeah. <laughs> That's what was going on, and we've seen Turbo get, you know, upset, and it all always has to turn back to the same thing. If he feels like you disrespected him, that's kind of when he loses it. And in this instance where Jordan, you know, got up in his face, that's when Turbo lost it because, you know, it wasn't about the relic. It wasn't about him yelling. It was about that he got, like, in his face. And that was, like, and I'm using this term because I feel like this is what was Turbo's thing. It was, like, a threat to his manhood. Because how many times did you hear Turbo throughout this episode say, oh, well, like a man, which just sounds so, like, so ancient in the year 2019 if that makes sense like that line of thinking that everything was like well he needs to come say sorry to me like a man or he needs to you know he came at me he didn't come at me like a man and blah blah right and it's just like okay bro like i get what you're trying to say but it's also 2019 man like shut up and keeps yeah and like it's so funny that turbo is so caught up in being disrespected but he ignores the fact that maybe Jordan took it as a disrespect that Jordan put the relic back up and Turbo immediately kicked it back off. Yeah, and in like, fairness, is that not disrespectful of Jordan? But also, in fairness, yeah, you you're right. I agree with you. But in fairness, Jordan might have been the loudest person to yell, but he wasn't the only person that was like, "Yo, Turbo, chill out, man. Why do you keep kicking the relics?" Yeah. Right, because I feel like what ends up happening is they finish the challenge, and then you have the producers or whoever checking the tapes or like making sure everything's correct or whatever. And I feel like that's kind of the moment that it was because I felt the first time when he kicked it off, when Jordan was picking it up, someone was kind of like, Yo, man, just leave it there. Like, we don't know if it's done yet, type thing, right? And yep. that's the kind of thing where, to, to further your point, Jordan's like, or whoever was making the point, but Turbo's not even taking them in. He's just off in his own mm-hmm. world. Like, I'm going to kick these things off just because. And it's like, you could have went over and kicked whatever in the air still and done, you know, would have had the exact same result. But it's like, because you wanted to kick them off, everyone should be okay with it and just let you do your thing. Like, it, it was just weird, all around weird. And I'm not saying that yeah. Jordan should have gotten up in his face, right? Because... You know, you when you put yourself in someone's face like that, you don't get to decide how they react to you doing that. So I'm not going to say Jordan was right, but they both kind of look dumb in this situation because it wasn't that big of a deal either way. I thought it was weird to see how... So, again, Turbo kicks it off once, Jordan puts it back up. Turbo kicks it off a second time, and his momentum carries him into a second kick into the other relic and turbo is smiling like he's proud of himself yeah and he's sort of laughing when he first hears jordan yell at him Mm -hmm. 
And then he goes zero to a hundred real quick. Like I don't, I don't understand what flipped in Turbo's mind. Yeah. Where like he's thinks it's funny that Jordan's shouting at him, and then suddenly it's not funny. Like I don't understand in that like it's just like a two second flip. But we have a listener question though, Sheldon. Okay. Raven Ramsey, longtime listener, says, "Why is Jordan annoyed by Turbo doing his karate kicks?" Yet Jordan has done a backflip during every damn water challenge on every season he's been on. And his backflips aren't even executed properly. He doesn't point his toes and he always over-rotates. Fair point. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. So, um, why, why I have an answer, but I want to know if you have an answer. Why is it okay for... Jordan to do his backflips and Turbo to not do his kicks. I honestly think that this had more to do with, you know, they placed the both relics up there and they're kind of just like waiting for the judges or something. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot going on because as he did it, even Zach kind of turned and was like, ah, oh, like just leave it there. Right. And then yeah. everyone's kind of like smiling. But as Jordan puts the first one back, Turbo's pointing at the other one and then goes back to kick the same one that Jordan already knocked down to like kick them both over. And now Jordan's kind of like, wait, you're still doing this? Yeah. Right? And I think that's the thing. But Turbo... I think the thing... The thing that, that sorry, got go. Turbo mad... Two things here I need to point out. Sure. The thing that got Turbo mad was the energy in which Jordan was bringing when he stepped to him. Right? Like, that wasn't, mm -hmm. like, that was a straight, like, you know, I'm fighting you <laughs> type energy that he brought up. Uh, reminiscent of, remember our old uh, conversation about Rugnet Odor and Jose Batista? And the yep. whole um, Jose Batista was trying to get ready, but uh, Rugnet Odor stays ready. <laughs> and there's yep. a big difference between that. Jordan looked like he got in his face and he was getting ready. And if you look at it, Turbo's first reaction was to the choke, right? Like, he wasn't yep. pushing him back. It was, like, the choke move. And I think that was a thing. Turbo seems to be one of those dudes that doesn't have to get ready because he stays ready type thing. And so he was, like, laugh, 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 joke, joke, joke with the kicks. But then Jordan came, and it, yeah, Jordan came serious. And Turbo's like, whoa, this guy's going to try to check me? And, yeah. So it's I not okay. I think the reason. But, yeah. No, I think that the um, the difference between the backflips versus the kicks is that when Jordan does those backflips, it doesn't affect anyone else. Okay. Right? Like, he's doing... Like, they have to get down from the, the height or whatever. Like, they're supposed to jump into the water anyway. Mm -hmm. So what's it matter if he does a backflip versus a pencil dive? You know what I mean? And... If you listen closely, because I, I listened to it a few times, when Jordan goes to pick it up, or when, at some point in the exchange, before they start really fighting, when Jordan's telling off um, Turbo, he says, they have to set it up again. Oh. And I think what he's referring to is that the crew has to set it up again, because they're like doing their establishing shots. Oh. They're, like, preparing for the, like, when TJ addresses everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So it's either Jordan getting frustrated on behalf of the crew, or Jordan wanting Jordan wanting to get the fuck home, mm-hmm. and knowing that every time Turbo fucks around and kicks off one of these relics, they gotta stay for another minute, two minute, three minutes, and like if Turbo damages one of the relics, like maybe props has to come in, right? Like it's interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a valid point. Yeah. When we when we see these competitions, and you know better than me, they like sometimes the competitions themselves are not done in one take, but all the stuff around it, like the TJ explaining it, TJ saying who won, all that shit, that takes several takes. Yeah. Multiple so if it's takes. a long day and like you're feeling like like it's hot, you're tired, you've all been arguing, you just want to get back on that air conditioned bus. Turbo doing like practicing his Tai Chi, you're not <laughs> like you're not gonna have patience for it. Yeah. And to your point, everyone was a little annoyed. It's just that like Jordan went zero to sixty on it. Yeah, everyone was kind of just like, Jordan's- well, everyone's just kind of like, what's this guy doing? Whereas Jordan's like, yo, I just told you, right? And then that's the energy he came into Turbo's face, and Turbo gives him the first push back as if like. Yo, you get away from me. And then Jordan came back in his face and that's when the choke came, right? And it's a it's yeah. it's a thing where I, I, I agree with you, John. I think there could be other things at play that we're not privy to in terms of they're just standing around and waiting, but they know that, you know, him messing around with it isn't helping any situation at all. Right? Like it's just being annoying. Yeah. So in the Upshot of this, Turbo announces that he wants to be speaker. <laughs> and literally every American is like, no, because you're just going to try to vote in Jordan. Because yep. you're like a maniac and you're super pissed. Yep. Um, obviously, the Brits, because they lost, they have to nominate one of their own yet again. Mm-hmm. And Zach volunteers to be the speaker. And then he makes what I think is the exact right choice. He chooses Turbo and Tori to be his uh his tribunal and i want to give a shout out to listener mona seven okay who had messaged after our last episode of you killed it and she pointed out that much earlier in the season because remember how i had been saying like how come no one's making noise about how like it should be all guys for the uh on the tribunal for the women's elimination or vice versa Mm -hmm. Right, And she said, she pointed out that earlier on in the season, like maybe the first episode, it was established that the tribunal has to be at least one guy and one girl. Ah, okay. So in other words, Zach could not pick both Jordan and Turbo. So he does the be- next best thing and picks Tori and Turbo. So he's still like satisfying that need to have a man and a woman. Okay. Yeah. While Jordan could still say, like, I am being represented. Like, I think that was the exact right choice for both the Americans and for Zach. Yeah, it was a great move because as uh, I forget who said it, but it was a smart way to throw Turbo a bone and Tori's there to keep Jordan safe. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it's just a smart move. And Josh, again, is still trying to calm down Turbo. And the whole thing that about this whole, you know, because this becomes a narrative for the rest of the episode, 
the whole thing, even like Josh trying to like talk him down, it's like who cares? Like you're one vote. Like if you're gonna waste your vote just to prove a point, like that's just dumb anyways. Go ahead, do it. Like it doesn't do anything. It's not changing the game. It's not doing anything. Right? You're literally just wasting your vote just to prove a point because he got in your face. Like that's dumb. So I would have just let him go off, but you know, of course they let him they have him keep uh having Josh try to talk him down and whatever, but I don't know. I, I just thought Turbo obviously was taking it a little too far, and yeah. What's, like, vote doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter. No. He, he himself, Turbo referred to it throughout the episode as a burn vote, because <laughs> he knows that Tori and Zach are going to get on the same page. Yeah. And, and, like, that's it. Like, their vote's their vote. Um, and I mean, I guess later on, well, we'll get to it when we get to it, but like they sort of explain why it's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I love though Kyle's game because <laughs> he's trying to egg on this drama, of course, like he he's is. in Jordan's ear, like hyping him up, be like, Oh, you could take him, you could take him, champ. <laughs> so good, well played. And Kyle. Jordan says, Turbo's gonna say my name, and then I'm gonna say, Say it right, you pronounce it right, it's daddy. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, I want to I want to make something clear. I think Jordan is a marvelous athlete. Yeah, an excellent competitor. Yeah, he's not winning a fight against Turbo. No, this guy's doing spinning like spinning kicks. Like, you don't want to fight yeah. that guy. Like, he's out there like it's Street Fighter Two. Like, chill out, Jordan. <laughs> but we know that Jordan Jordan's mouth gets him into trouble, right? We know that he talks a game that he might not be able to, to, to back up, right? We've seen that be his detriment. So, you know, if you watch a show, remember, for people who might not be familiar, one of his most famous moves was when he was talking trash to Bananas and he flipped over all the X's to force his way in against Bananas and then he ended up losing in the elimination against Bananas, right? But mm-hmm. that's just Jordan. He's super confident. He's always going to talk to talk. And, I mean, he's been on the show for long enough that I think he knows they weren't going to fight. Right? Like, in that moment, like yeah. as he gets in his face, he knows they're not going to fight. Turbo, I don't know what Turbo's thinking. Like, when he's, like, running around trying to get at Jordan, like, I don't know. I found that super weird. So, I couldn't tell if he was doing that for show, if he was doing the whole hold me back thing, or if he was really trying to just, like, see if he could fight Jordan. I, I don't know what was going on. But bottom line, as Leroy said, you don't want to try to fight Turbo. That's one person no. in the house you don't want to try to fight. You definitely do not want to try to fight Turbo. Um, at the same time, Rogan, a.k.a. Millennial George Michael, is super paranoid about getting put in yep. and is already sort of like freaking out about it. And CT is also aware that there's, uh, he's, it's Rogan and D and CT are all talking. And CT is well aware that there's the pair of Bear and Theo and Joss and Rogan, and he's stuck in the middle. Mm-hmm. So we get to the tribunal, and Bear nominates Rogan, making the very fair point that Rogan has not been tested yet, that yep. he's never been in the proving ground in an elimination. Because in his infamous 
elimination where he got eliminated on the first episode it was just like if you're not if you're the last person to cross the finish line you're out yeah so rogan's never actually faced an elimination competition rogan then says that he would vote for bear saying that um he like basically just saying like well if you're gonna vote for me i'm gonna vote for you and bear flips out because he feels like he's one of the uk's better players yeah and i mean i'd be mad at that if i'm bear as well because i've already gone in right so i kind of understand it and this comes back to this is why ct's interjection makes so much sense because it's like why do you guys keep trying to pretend as if you're putting each other in because you think you're you think they're weak players you're putting them in just because like that's your side of the alliance <laughs> and that's the other side right and he said theo the last time and they got theo in and then now it went the other way right so like why keep pretending as if it's something else now or you know i think rogan's a weak player like no you're just trying to get out that side and you think that joss is better than rogan so you're not going to say joss's name you're going to say rogan's name that's it but the interesting part yep. as you mentioned is ct being caught in the middle because at the end of the day everyone votes except for ct and idris and ct mm -hmm. goes on this whole thing about how you know the reason why we haven't voted is because we're caught in the middle and whoever we vote for the other side's going to be mad at us and it's unfair because you guys are in here with real relationships saying it's an alliance but like really it's it's even deeper than that and we're on the outside and that's like unfair to us what did you think of ct's speech here i don't even know how to phrase it or i know how to phrase it but i don't want to give away what i was going to say i thought his assessment was spot on Okay. I thought that what CT was saying was totally right because he made the point like you guys want us to vote for you but you're giving us nothing in return mm -hmm. like you're not even trying to guarantee like safe passage to the final or like there's you're expecting quid pro quo but you're not offering anything in return yeah like you just want us like you just see us as tools and like you can't expect us to want to do things for you for the sake of wanting to do them, especially when, obviously, when push comes to shove, like, if we get down to, like, there's just six of us left, and, like, let's say I back one alliance, obviously that alliance is going to, like, I'm going to be the odd man out. So, like, yeah. offer me something. And, like, you guys have offered me nothing. And Zach says in Confessional that he's never seen CT have to scramble like this and expose his own game. I'm not even sure that CT is exposing his own game. Like, I think he's just saying the truth. Like, I think he's just putting out there what everyone on some level knows. Like, you didn't hear anyone disagree with him, right? Like, there's no one, no one could say like, oh, no, but CT, I offered you this because they haven't. Yeah, I also just think, too, that he was explaining for what his move was going to end up being, right? Yeah. And so... He's kind of, and he alludes to it at one point, right? Because at one point he says, CT says that he's trying to ride the middle. He's trying to ride the middle for a while, but also he's trying to see who's going to get pissed off at him, right? Yeah. Who's going to give him an excuse to go at them. And if you remember from a couple weeks back, he already wanted to go at Bear and get Bear out, right? So if those were the two options, you kind of already know or assume that that's the way he's gonna lean and if you really think about it 
it's Rogan and and Joss, right? Yep. CT at least has some relationship with Joss, right? Yeah. Whereas Baron Theo, like, he doesn't really care. So if you're trying to think of what side he would be leaning towards, it's going to be that side, right? So I feel like he's just delaying it, but also just putting it all out there for everyone to know what the hell is going on, to expose everyone else's game, but to also say, hey, I'm here, and none of you guys have really tried to secure me on your side or done a good enough job to do that. So, yeah, I'm just going to do what's best for me. And it's probably better for him to side with Joss. I would say I agree with what you're saying, but on top of that, Bear is a bigger liability because he's so unpredictable. Yeah, that part right? is Right, like this is, this is a season of people Bear being incredible. Yeah, they are less logical. Like they can't be reasoned with quite like Joss and Rogan, mm-hmm. and um, sloppy. This drunks. has really been. They are sloppy drunks, and this has been the season more than I think any season of the challenge I've seen of people playing emotionally. Hell yeah! Right, like Josh Turbo. Uh, by moments bear like remember when bear wanted to be the speaker and then like stormed off because <laughs> everyone was like no you're a maniac yeah right oh, yeah. Uh, obviously Kara and uh, Polly can be very emotional Johnny Bananas I would argue was very emotional this season like he just yep. was so set on taking out Wes he could not be reasoned with right like there's so much Laurel. Uh, even Jordan as well yeah Laurel like so much for whatever reason, emotions are running so high on this house, and no one really seems to notice it in the moment. Only Kyle seems to really be level-headed, like, from moment to moment. <laughs> yes. That's fair, actually. That's very fair. Uh, but what so, ends up happening? CT eventually elects Bear, yeah. right? Yep. And it seems like virtually, not everyone, but most people are disgusted with how Rogan basically groveled to idris <laughs> yeah he did he definitely did it wasn't his best moment i'll say that much no sure. and bear was. says in confessional or maybe it was to the tribunal i love my country but i hate my team yeah and after he asks for rogan mm-hmm. and after he toddles off uh, Tori says in confessional that they have to put in Joss or Rogan. That, like, like there would be the option of putting in Theo versus Bear, but that to continue to sow discord in the British alliance, the thing is to put in Joss or Rogan, pit the two alliances against each other, continue to foster that bad blood. Zach, in the tribunal, asks Turbo how he wants to vote, and Turbo immediately, like, burn vote, voting for Jordan. <laughs> and just, like, Turbo is so caught up in his own bullshit. Yeah, so dumb. It's so dumb. Like, someone yelled at you for, what, like, it was a bad ten minutes? And we saw this last season when he just lost his mind on D. Someone who was his friend. Like, Turbo has to, like, grow and mature. And, like, the worst part about Turbo is he can't even begin to admit that he overreacts. Yeah. Right? Like, we later see that Jordan can be like, yeah, you know, maybe I should, like, ease up on the shouting at people. 
But there's like there's nothing that we get from Turbo where he's like, yeah, I'm a maniac. Like, or like maybe I shouldn't be fucking karate kicking things all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no like self awareness. There's no introspection. I hate Turbo. Like, I know he's a great competitor, and like I respect him as an athlete and i think he's a good person in real life but this like respect honor weird quasi samurai code that he lives by is so fucking tiresome i just don't understand the point that he's trying to make like we get that you are mad because you almost fought or you you know almost took on like four security guards to get at him like we all get that you're mad but you voting him in doesn't do anything that's the part I didn't get. What's your end game? You're so dumb. But either way, um, we get to a restaurant scene, right? Yes. A, a quote-unquote club scene. I guess. And I will say I got a little too excited when I saw it because I thought for sure, with all the tensions going on, that something spicy was going to go down. And nope. instead, the exact opposite. And... I was kind of getting down on it until Nani, I have to give her credit, right? Like I was going to be like, oh man, what a waste of a club scene. But I got to give Nani a lot of credit because she really surprised me. She calmed down Turbo so well and like started to like, you could tell she was starting to like, you know, get in his head. And that's what made the earlier scene in the show make sense. Right, Because we were wondering where it was going and Turbo was calming her down, but now the roles were reversed and it it was interesting to see, oh, they really do have a really good friend-like relationship in which, you know, they were able to talk each other down and at least speak some sense. And like, even though Turbo at that point didn't come to the conclusion that he did at the end of the show, you could tell that it started to turn at that point and got to give credit to Nani there. Yes. Also got to give credit to Nani because that top she was wearing was awesome. She looked good. Yeah, Nani is beautiful. Like, let's not... There's no beating around the bush about that. She is beautiful. So, Kara, Tori, Zach, Polly, Josh, and with some appearances by Jordan, are talking about how Turbo voting for Jordan will make Zach and Tori look like the bad guys to the Brits and also possibly weaken the Americans. So here was the point where they're trying to make about why it was imperative for Tory for excuse me for Turbo to vote with Zach and Tory. And that was that they had flipped out on Wes for not being loyal to the Americans mm-hmm. and they had in turn flipped out on Johnny Bananas for not being loyal. Mm-hmm. And that, like, if Turbo didn't vote for them, they were sort of morally obligated to then flip out on Turbo and throw him in at the next opportunity. And that they don't want to do that anymore. That they want to, like, that they have to stop weakening themselves as a team. And, like, there's a certain internal logic, but also just like i don't know file it away for later like it doesn't you don't have to react immediately you know what i mean yeah like you can just have tori and zach vote the way they're gonna vote and then the next time there's a like don't make a big fuss about it. the next time there's a men's elimination shoot your shot because turbo can't be on back-to-back tribunals 
and fucking send him packing. Like it's not yeah. he's not going to be in the final competition anyway. Cuz like CT, he doesn't have that long-term alliance. So you know, like they're all just so reactive. Like I don't know what's with everyone this season, but they're all freaking out and it's so unnecessary. Yeah, and I, and you're right. And I kind of got where Jordan was coming from in the sense when he interjected and he started being super loud, but he was right. Do you know what I mean? Like that's exactly what they're getting mad at the other people that they've already eliminated for. And after the whole Kara and Polly thing, it was like, okay, points been made. We get it, whatever, but we can't keep doing this because it serves no purpose. And at that point, when the plan comes into fruition that, okay, well, it's up to Tori and Zach to try to talk Turbo down to at least for the betterment of the team, right? And the boat ride, which... You know, it looked like they had a nice meal on the boat, right? I like. It looked like really gross food, but go on. <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. I, I yeah, okay. <laughs> but well, I should say, like, it looked like classic North American food. Yeah. But it didn't look like it was well done. Fair. That's fair. Um, what I was gonna say though, the thing I liked about it was I liked the angle that Tori took. And this is what we're talking about in terms of communication, in terms of being rational, and being able to articulate yourself correctly. And Tori is, this is super important, because she's not telling Turbo that he's in trouble if he votes for Jordan, right? Which they've just decided that, yeah, he would be in trouble. But the way that she worded it was, the team is in trouble if he votes for Jordan because the team will still be in disarray. And I thought that was such an interesting flip and a very smart choice of words, right? Like she never said, you'll be in trouble, even though he would be, she said, our team will be in trouble if you vote for Jordan because we'll still be in, we'll still be in disarray and we'll still be going at each other. And I really liked her approach. And it goes back to everything else we were saying earlier about Tori in terms of her being so rational and able to explain herself. And that was such a key part in that. Did you pick up on that as well? Or do you think I'm making a little too much about it? No, I think you're spot on. And she also was smart because at no point did she dismiss what Turbo was saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't belittle Turbo, although he is a fucking child. (laughs) She did. She said to him, like, yeah, Jordan needs to work on this. Mm -hmm. And he says that if Jordan apologizes, he'll let it go. Again, he brings up the, like, like a man. I'll handle it like a man. Like, Turbo. If he comes to me like a man and apologizes. It's like, okay. I can't help but notice that when D apologized to him, he still didn't get over it, even <laughs> though she came to him. I guess she's not capable of coming to him like a man because she's a woman. Like I, <laughs> I don't see the internal logic at all here. But Yeah, I mean, sure. So I guess, you know, from there, we know what's going to happen, right? And even Jordan knows what's going to happen because when Tori goes to talk to him, Jordan's like, let me guess. You're going to get me to ask him to... You're going to get me to go to him and say sorry, aren't you? <laughs> right? And she says yes. But again, Tori... Yeah, this is like a super improved Tori here. But Tori, 
the way that she phrases it to Jordan, she's like, you're, you talk about wanting to be a good leader, and this is what a good leader would do. Even if you don't think that you're in the wrong, it's a good move. It's a better move for the team. And if you're trying to be the good leader, this is what a good leader would do. And I thought, she just flipped his own shit on him. Right? Yep. It, it was great. It was great gameplay here by Tori. And then I feel like she already was on second and stole third. And then she stole home when she said, it's also the better move for us as a couple because I'm also part of the team. And if you're causing trouble on our side of the house, you're also causing trouble for me as well. And how's my dude going to argue with that? It's And like, I don't want to present this as a manipulation because I don't think it is a manipulation. It's just facts. I think it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's she's saying a, an accurate thing that like, hey, you bring shit down on us, it's going to affect me directly. Yeah. Is that what you want? Yep. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a genius play. Um, obviously, we find out that he agrees. Yeah. <laughs> right? We find out that he agrees and they do this like flashback when it's a nomination time and turbo says he was going to say jordan but then jordan came to him early and blah 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 whatever we get all that um on the other side of the house we get bear and georgia cuddling and bears trying to you know figure it all out and georgia I, i'm gonna say this you know turbo's on his whole like like a man and be a man and blah, blah, blah. But I'm going to say something. The women were running shit in this episode and had a lot to say that was like legit great gameplay. Cause like bears on his whole tip that I'm going to go to the other side. If I come back and win and Georgia makes a great point that like, yeah, if you go in against Theo, yeah, switch teams because even if you're at the bottom, you're in the bottom of the winning side. But if you go against Rogan and win, you should definitely come back because now we'll have the numbers on our side. And that's totally correct. And I don't think Bear thought it through that far. No, and it's not just that it was good gameplay. But this whole conversation, she was like spitting truth because he was all like, oh, how are things going with Josh? And she was like, we're not together. And he's like, oh, so it's going well with me. She's like, no, we're not together either. <laughs> you're, she straight up says, you're not what I'm looking for. Don't I want someone who's kind and respectful. And, like, this was just a great conversation for Georgia where she stands up for herself. Yeah. Finally, funny. she stands up for herself and is like, hey, no, Bear, you treat me like shit. And he's like, well, what if I start treating you better? She's like... I don't know that you can treat me good enough to make this better. Hey. And fucking A. Like, good honor. She's right. Yeah. Like, I was pleased. I mean, you said the women. Let's name names. Tori, Georgia, Nani Mm -hmm. were the voices of reason with a bunch of irrational dickhead men. (laughs) Both in terms of, like, relationship shit and also in terms of gameplay like all three were the voices of reason and also stood up for themselves yeah so like shout out to all three they did a great job totally and we get to the proving ground yes 
and this is a great challenge or elimination because you know it's a headbanger once you see like the 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 hallways set up <laughs> right it's lined up for a collision and yep we know that bears in and it comes down to the vote and zach picks joss and they all pick joss and i was surprised that they all picked joss i thought for sure it was going to be rogan well here's the thing and i touched on it earlier this was the moment where it actually hit me and i was like oh man they made a smart move they finally yep. have played the game or played out the week as they should. They voted unanimously to throw in the other team's good players or one of the other team's best players. And there's no, you know, there's no hesitation to think about if Joss is one of their best players. You know he's one of their best players. And all three of them agreed. They all voted as a team. And they did what they were supposed to do for the, is that the first time this week, this season? Yeah. Right? Like I, I I put down in my notes, if the Americans can consistently keep their shit together like this, the Brits are fucked. Well, totally. And I mean, someone brought it up at, at earlier on in the show that oh no, it was Bear when he was talking about switching teams. Was that it? No, someone anyway, someone brought up the point that basically the only time the Americans have lost is when they've taken each other out. That's it. Right? So finally to see them do the right thing strategically from top to bottom yeah that's when it hit me and i was like okay the game has begun the real game if that makes sense and yeah bear versus joss i don't know why but i thought bear was gonna win really yeah i well i have a question for you before we get into like the play-by-play of what happened because i have thoughts but first Rogan says in confessional that if Bear wins, he'll lose his best friend in Joss, the cornerstone of his alliance, and the UK's best player. And I have to ask you, Sheldon, is that true? Do you think that Joss is the best player on Team UK? Uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, like say, I don't think I'm it's automatic. Yes. I'm going to say yes, and the reason I'm saying yes is because if it's not CT, although CT's up there, right? I think Joss is a better physical... She's He's in better physical shape than Kyle. And he's more well-liked. And I think that takes you a lot further, right? Like, he's more well-liked than Kyle. He's more well-liked than Bear or Theo, right? Like, people on both sides of the house like him. Like, really actually like Joss. Like, nobody has a bad word to say about him. And so when you add that with his physical abilities in terms of he's a good competitor, we've seen that already in multiple challenges, right? I think so. I think so. The person who I think is his closest competition on Team UK is Kyle. Okay. Kyle is not as large physically, obviously. And you're right, not as well-liked as Joss, but Kyle is pretty well-liked. Like, he's pretty yeah. popular. Yep. And Kyle is much more cunning. Yes. Like, Kyle is a better political player. His social game That's might right. not be as strong, but he's, like, he is better at manipulating people. He's better at reading. Like, he's less naive than Joss. That's fair. So, to me, and, like, CT... 
CT's not the player he once was, but like I guess I just didn't think it was as automatic as Rogan made it sound. Uh, that's um, I I have to say, for some reason, I find it so funny seeing British people wear American football pads. <laughs> I mean, you play football. I can't quite explain it, but there's Ooh, there's so something weird. that they don't do it right. Like it's not as snug as it should be, or something. Like they both, both Joss and Bear, especially Bear, okay. look like little kids wearing their dad's suit jacket. You know what I mean? Like there's something not quite right about how they do it. That's pretty funny. Do you feel that way, or is this just a John thing? <laughs> That's a John thing. I never thought that. I never noticed that. That's pretty funny, though. That is well, actually to, pretty funny. To our Canadian and American listeners, do you think it's weird the way British people wear American football pads? <laughs> North American football pads, I should say. I think it's a challenge like, similar. I think it's a challenge thing, because they just probably have like a bunch of random pads there, and it's not like they're wearing pads that fit properly or that are anchored down properly because you would never have your pads exposed like that either. Like you would have a a Jersey over top that kind of holds the shoulder, like the different portions of the shoulder pad in place. So I think it also just looked awkward because it's like flapping around. That's what I think. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, there's something not quite right, but even like, obviously you and I have both seen, football players one like practice is wrapping up and they've like sort of undone some of the straps on their pads yep and like that's not what joss and bear are doing like they can't they're not even wearing them correctly casually <laughs> that's fair that's fair i don't know who it, did you it think was, was just gonna like, win this i thought joss was gonna win it and also i found myself cheering for joss see like, i found I was myself cheering by- for bear Really? Yeah. I have to say, Bear really redeemed himself this season. Like, I liked Bear a lot more this season than I did last season. Like, I thought he was funny and charming and, like, a little bit of a maniac, but I found it more endearing this time out. But I was still cheering for Joss. He took down his aggravating nature. He took it down a bunch, right? Like, if you go back to last season, remember, he was walking in the rooms and just, like, jumping on the tables while people were just hanging out. Right. Like, remember, he had like just screaming matches with people for no reason. Like he was just antagonizing for no reason. Whereas I feel like in this season, he's a lot more calm from what we saw. Um, and he, he, he just wasn't as loud and as obnoxious as he was last year. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I found myself cheering for Bear. I kind of felt sorry for him that he got thrown into the elimination twice. Yeah. Um, and I always like when the smaller guy wins. So I think that was part of it too, right? I, I, I kind of was rooting for it, I think, because it's another one of those things that we talk about all the time on this show where, you know, you have the guys that spend all the hours in the gym, but then they don't crave the contact. Yeah. Right? And that's not Joss, but I'm just saying it was another opportunity to show the difference, right, in terms of, that doesn't matter as much as you think it does. The big, mu- the big muscles, right? And, no. and and so Bear gave a good fight, but again, Josh, Josh is a good player. He's a great player, and really, Bear won the one round, but Josh dictated everything, right? 
he was faster through the hole and he hit the hole harder. And yeah, I'm thinking back to, you know, shouts to coach Domenico yelling at us, but <laughs> that's my football coach at Northern shouts that. Shouts I knew there was going to be a shout out to coach Dan Domenico. I just knew it. It's my guy, man. Even that's before we start recording. That's my guy. I'll always rep that guy, but you got to hit the hole. And Joss was more aggressive. Like he was faster running downhill where bear was more receiving the hit. He was more taking the hit where Josh was delivering it. And Josh was also further through the maze than bear was. So bear was at a huge disadvantage the entire time. The only difference was the one time when bear made the slick move of tripping Josh. Right. And that was it. I thought uh, further to your point that it was notable that every time they met in the middle, it was always two or three strides further into Bear's part. And by that, I mean, Joss was faster. Like, it's not just that Joss was bigger, he was faster. So, like, he was further along in the maze when he connected with Bear every time. And where Bear really sort of got lost was, as you said, he tripped up Joss to tie it 1-1. And that was effective. Like, he grabbed Joss's ankle, tripped him, and Joss never really, like, regained his footing after that. It was enough for Bear to get there in time. Yeah. But after that, he sort of switched strategies and got into holding on to Joss's jersey and then, like, suddenly letting go and thinking that was giving him, like, enough of a head start. But what Bear can like failed to consider was that Joss was so much stronger that Joss was dragging bear with him for a few steps further. So any, yeah. So any like potential ground you were gaining, assuming that you were quicker, not faster, but quicker than Joss you're losing because Joss just dragged you three steps away or whatever from your bell. Yeah. So like Bear's strategy wasn't really great in the final two rounds. No, and you're totally right. And the one thing I found weird was why Josh was so excited when, like, I found that super weird. Like, Josh was super excited when Bear won. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't I understand know. that. I was thrown off by that. But then again, I realized why spend so much time trying to make logic of what Josh is doing. Because you would think well, that I've... if Bear leaves, hey, now you get your Georgia time, man. Yeah, well, and what was funny was um, Ninja in the background, okay, like was also visibly like, Josh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> she was also like, why are you freaking out right now? Like, he was pounding his chest. Yeah. Ugh. Kaylee also. Josh loves has Josh to go, too, man. Right. Yeah. Uh, that... Well, Kaylee, Kaylee and Josh were a couple at one point, eh? Ah, okay. Totally forgot about that. Um, I have to say, Joss, there was two things that I liked. First is, I have to give Bear credit, because he made a very nice, gracious little speech right? about how Joss deserves to make the final. Yeah. There was no sarcasm, and, like, as far as I can tell, although they were on, like, opposite sides of their team, I don't think... Joss and Bear dislike each other. No. 
Like, I didn't have the sense that there's any animosity. No, that's true. That's very true. That's very and true. And I thought it was a... I thought it was a very classy gesture by Bear to say and do that. I mean, I was quite surprised. Maybe, I was like, "Whoa, maybe, okay, Bear." I mean, the one thing I might say is it might put a target on Joss's back just because people be like, "Yo, fuck Bear." <laughs> but but like I didn't, didn't think that was his intention. Um, I thought it was funny that Joss in confessional says, "Bear, I'll give it to you. You put up a and there's a long pause." reasonable fight <laughs> i mean joss he is cocky so i mean yeah do you find him cocky that's a cocky statement it is a cocky when he statement, said that I, think... I was like and he was like oh i always expected to win i didn't think i was gonna lose i was kind of like oh yeah i forgot he does feel himself a little too much he does i i forgot about that until he said that and i was like oh yeah i do remember that and i'm not saying it's um... not deserved like cool like be confident bro no no problem but uh <laughs> i'm interested to see how this season plays out yeah very interesting i do ha- i do have to point out uh bear says that when he he wants to come back for 10 more seasons and that next time he comes back he needs to be a stone heavier i'm just gonna go ahead and tell you that a stone is 14 pounds <laughs> just the fire fair enough fair enough i googled it i appreciate that man i i really do appreciate that hey i didn't i didn't know i was curious because i'm like is he talking like yeah i was wondering i'm like is that like 20 pounds like how much is a stone (laughs) 14 pounds what a weird unit of measurement super like how's that useful for anything super britain um, and then Josh pulling down his pants to reveal the UK shorts weak. Weak, Selly, bro. Wow, you didn't like that? Nah. Weak. Wow. What would Joe Horn say? Weak, 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 weak. That's just my so opinion, what, though. I could be I could be <laughs> outvoted by the peoples. What was your line of the episode? So this is tough because I mean there it wasn't was, a very funny episode. Well, I don't know if this is going to become the uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to become the title of this episode, but when it happened, I did tweet out during the episode. I tweeted out that uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that Turbo just named our next episode of You Killed It. Huh. I'll let you guess the name. And shouts to Shannon McDonald, who quickly wrote in and tweeted at me, ding, 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 raise his hand, chicken wussy, which she put the W in to sub for another letter in terms of what Turbo actually said when he was referring to Jordan. <laughs> but the way that Turbo said it made me laugh so hard. And I was just kind of like, the way that he said it, his inflection didn't make me think that he was calling him a chicken and a pussy. It sounded like he was saying chicken pussy. Like the pussy of a chicken. <laughs> yeah. yes. And that just made me laugh for some reason. Like, am I the only one? Like, the way that he said it, it didn't... And then it clicked in my head. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that made me laugh. Well, he also, like, spelled it out in the air. <laughs> 
I thought that was funny. But either that's my line of the episode or the other thing, which was Bear. Bear was fired up and he said, people think I'm a joke, but I'm no joke. I bring the smoke. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, that's a t-shirt. That is a t-shirt. My line of the episode is, there's a couple of people you shouldn't yell at in the house. One is Turbo, the other is Turbo. <laughs> That's our man Leroy said that. Roy Lee! I have to ask you, Sheldon, who killed it for you this week? The real MVP of this episode is Tori. First off, yeah, Tori just did a great job top to bottom in terms of being rational. And one thing that you brought up that didn't click to me in the moment, but when you said it, I was like, it's so true. It, none of it came off as manipulative. And I don't know if that's the way that they phrase the episode to show us the stuff at the beginning, to show our conversation with Ashley, to make what happens at the end of the episode when she's talking to Jordan seem that much more convincing. Do you know what I mean? But the context yeah. we got of their relationship early on made you appreciate their conversation at the end so much more when she's telling them like, Listen, if you're trying to be this leader, like this is the way to go about it. Like you rub people the wrong way. Like you have to know that and you have to acknowledge that. And sometimes you got to take the step to make things better. And I just thought the, yeah. the way that she played it this episode was so good. And, you know, jumping in, she was ready to get it on, right? Like she jumped right in the middle of Turbo and, and Jordan, you know, and... She wasn't backing down. She was right in there. I just got to give it to Tori. Tori's a real MVP of this episode. And yeah, I've always been a Tori fan. And the Derek stuff that happened a couple episodes ago were kind of weird. And she seems so different. And I don't know. You mentioned therapy. And I, I don't know. I guess it could be something like that. We'll never know. But I do sense maturity for sure. And one thing I'll... I won't say who said this to me before because people will read too much into it if I say like who told me this, but someone I really respect once said to me about being on TV, they were like, the hardest thing you have to do is find out who you are on TV. And they're talking about broadcasting, right? But in yeah. a reality show, it's very much the same thing, right? Because yes, it's, a rea it's reality TV, but you have people who are trying to like make a career and they're trying to pour, project an image of a certain person. And Tori came out, and she came out very real and really cool in this, like, young and spunky, like, cool girl. And then the Derek stuff happened, which was really weird. And then now the person that we're seeing seems so different, no? But so much more mature and calm and chill and cool and... Kind of like the person we first saw when she came on the rookie year, but even better version now. Matured yep. version. I don't know. Tori's yeah. my MVP. Uh, Tori's my MVP as well. I agree with everything you said. She did what... She was instrumental in doing what no one's been able to do so far, and that is unite the Americans. True. She was able to soothe two of the biggest egos in the game, in Jordan and Turbo, and significantly it doesn't come across as disingenuous manipulative like there's nothing about her being like i'm being two-faced because i've like she was very authentic in how she did it 
and I have no sense that she did like that she's manipulating anyone, but that she's like really being genuine. I will say Zach gets like honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think he's he did very well this episode. The thing is the way he spoke to Ninja was unacceptable. Yeah. That like, takes him I would have notch for sure. I would have made them co MVPs because I think he did a lot of things right in terms of gameplay. Right? Like he chose the right people on the tribunal. He was a voice of reason. He helped talk with Tori to talk Turbo down. Like he did a lot of things right, but Tori definitely did more. And again, the way he spoke to Ninja was unnecessary and unacceptable. So I don't want to say honorable mention, but like he was in the conversation in my no, head. I got you. Back the to voices back, in my head. Back to back great leadership awards for. Uh, Leroy and in this episode Zach minus the whole ninja thing um, yeah but yeah no totally agree where can the people find you on social media uh, you can find me on Twitter at shell Alexander and on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander uh, like and subscribe to the podcast the you killed it podcast which you can find of course on iTunes and on SoundCloud and on YouTube look us up like subscribe tell your friends and hey we help people get caught up on the season of the challenge so if people are like oh when did the season start i don't know when to start in don't worry start whenever and the podcasts are all there for you too that you can follow along and get caught up and yeah it's an easy sell it's a very easy sell people can find me on twitter and instagram at Hill. Um, I don't sleep essentially, so just message me whenever, whatever time zone you're in. I'm good to go. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, until next week, this was You Killed It. You killed it.